We are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news, sometimes we make you laugh, but most times, sigh, we go deep. (laughs) (laughs) I'm your host, David Cameo, and I'm joined by Cosmomom09, Rachel Burt, and Survivor's Tier member, Jasmine. It's good to have you on, Jasmine. She's she's uh, she's in her inaugural hosting role today. This is great. It's awesome. She knows. Love what, having you here. She knows how this works. We have to embarrass her a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> is that your uh, dorm room? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. At university. See, Jasmine's a university student. TWD aficionado and June enthusiast. June enthusiast. Knowledge is power. <laughs> Just so everyone knows, our Spooky Squawktober cosplay contest is still ongoing. You can still send your submissions till the end of this. Well, you have one more week to send these submissions. Obviously, we're recording on a Sunday. You may not even hear this until like Thursday, Friday. So you'll have the weekend to submit your submissions. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. If you don't do it now, you'll never do it. You'll never learn. So, get it in. Yeah, get it in there. You have the chance at winning a... Negan Lives comic signed by the man himself, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, as well as a $25 gift cards to Michael's. As much as most of us have a distaste for the Fear the Walking Dead subreddit, one of the admins, Connected VG, who happens to be a pretty cool person, uh, is actually in the hospital sick with uh, COVID. And uh, I wanted to kind of send my well wishes and speedy recoveries. I always starts to give the members a space to kind of figure things out for themselves. And I kind of respect that. Even though the subreddit kind of sucks a little bit because it's kind of dominated by bad people. But I don't know, like by mean people. You're not kidding. That's just truth. You know, I'm, I'm trying to find a nice word to say that. And uh, I actually dropped a note this morning because uh, he'd been getting a lot of shit about this one particular banning of someone who keeps trying to create new accounts to come back. And so he Jeez. explained he explained that to me in private. Well, should I have said this in public? I have no idea. But uh, but he, he thanked me for defending him and uh, his decision. And it was, it was really nice. And, you know, and meanwhile, like, he's like, I, w- I wish I'd respond to you sooner, but I'm in the hospital with COVID. I'm like, what? Jeez. <laughs> it, took, oh, it took you only several hours. Only. It's not like it was a week. <laughs> it was like, oh, several, oh my gosh. I apologize. For not, okay, get better. Get better, you dummy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to clip this out and send this to him now, too. <laughs> so uh, he, actually, he actually also said it, it was really cool that we built a community around this podcast. And I like that he noticed that. That we try. That, that's what we're trying to do here. Because that's that's the philosophy. Like, we are squawking dead and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. let's turn the embarrassment over to Jasmine. I uh, just want to see how you're doing. How are you adjusting to uni life? How has everything been going on over there? And if you have any news. Uh, I don't have any news. <laughs> Nothing to share with the crowd? I'm putting you on the um, spot and everything? Spot here. <laughs> exactly. That's the whole point. You know why I do that's this, right? right? There's there's a lot going on up here. If I break you down now, you'll open up later. See, guys, there's a reason why I embarrass you so much. Rachel, how's school going? Great. <laughs> it's going great. She's using one word answers. See, she's smart. <laughs> she knows what's coming. That's right. You want more? You got to okay. ask more. <laughs> I'm going to make a note of that. Use one word answers. Yeah, exactly. If you want yep. more, head over to you could go up there if you want but you're not going to be updated on my school progress i couldn't even tell you the last time i was on my coffee account (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile i always promote it it's like in every episode i know i don't know why (laughs) my mistake (laughs) it has your socials there it's 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 a that's a reason yeah. Reasons. Yeah. 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 Sharon couldn't make it to this recording. I actually uploaded a video from her that I heavily edited because that's because I love her too much. 
she tried. We rely on we rely on you to make us look good, Dave. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. Make sure I, you do. I, 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 I endeavor. I endeavor. <laughs> I definitely like this episode a lot more than I did the first one. One of the things we always talk about is the connective tissue. If somebody hadn't done this, then this wouldn't have happened and this wouldn't happen. And Leo actually touches on that when he's talking to Lila. And he says, if you hadn't committed your indiscretions, talking about her, talking about Hope, being so smart, then my daughters would be dead. So even he's recognizing that things happen. And if, if they don't happen, then other things can't happen, if, if you follow what I'm saying. Uh, so let's talk about how you guys felt about this episode, because, you know, first episode, there's a lot of a lot of bones flying all over the place. It's, it was yeah, like, quite a few. It's like a bloodbath or bone bath. <laughs> uh, so well, let's start with Jasmine. Uh, actually, t- tell us how you felt about this the last episode compared to this episode and where you think the improvements were or, or how you felt about this. Yeah, I really did not like the last episode. Um, I thought this one was a lot better. I think there's just um, more going on in this episode that like made sense. It was easier to follow. Mm. If that makes sense. Well, what yeah. was what was the thing Absolutely. that what was the thing that was difficult to to follow in the first episode? See, I'm going to push you right so now. I I didn't like the um, the thing where hopes like dreaming but not dreaming at the same time. But also, I didn't really remember a lot of season one. So when they were trying to like mm. fill us in on what's happened since season one, I was like, oh, I forgot that happened. Yeah, so that didn't help. And so, what what made the, this episode more clear or more clear cut? Or is that, if that's even accurate to say, what did you like about it more than the first? I like that we got to like actually look around um, like Campus Colony and stuff. It all kind of was more. It's funny that you said Campus Colony instead of the research facility. Cause it, that's what I meant. Because it, yeah. it felt kind of like Campus Colony in a way or. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not an accident. <laughs> uh, so like peeling back the curtain Nothing of, the ever c- is. of the Civic Republic, basically, right? Yeah. What do you think? What do you think, uh, uh, Rachel? Um, yeah, I'm going to agree with Jasmine right off the bat. I, I was glad that this was a more straightforward episode where there wasn't a lot that we had to like figure out, you know, is this real? Is this not real? <laughs> I, I'm not opposed to those episodes, but it was just really <sighs> jarring for a first episode to throw something like that in there using this dream, not a dream sequence in a season premiere was too, too soon. It was just too soon. It was too confusing. It wasn't clear what was happening. So I, yeah, I, for that reason, I definitely liked this episode a lot more. You knew exactly what was going on. And also, like Jasmine said, I think it's really cool that we got to see more of the inside of the RF. I'm going to start using using these the lingo. These word, the lingo that the kids use. <laughs> the CR's um, RF. This, yeah, exactly, exactly. So Lila was very eager to give Hope a tour, right? Oh, like, c- come look at everything we're doing. But I wonder what part of everything she's showing Hope. Is she showing Hope the dark side or is she showing Hope what's going to hook her? and get and want to get her involved and what happens when hope sees the rest of the research facility well yeah so okay obviously there's the soft sell involved right one of the things one of the things we said about the first episode was it was like they were just kind of i mean it was a slow start it was kind of a slow burn it was almost intentional they kind of kind of like they were easing you in and it was very dark too everything Mm. was very very dark and shrouded in mystery and also confusing and there's like a lack of forthcomingness there's a lack of information it's as if they were starving you of information you're like hey this is the season premiere hey you're supposed to tell us everything hey you're supposed to beat us over the head and what what is this open all these doors for us yeah exactly and what is this episode do you realize what they're doing to you they're doing to Um, they're doing to you the same thing they're doing to hope right now they give me the soft sell. They're easing you in. They're showing you all the flash in the pan thing. You know, they're just like, they're like, oh, there's running water. 
There's lights. <laughs> there's electric. There's showers, a, right? A bathroom with four walls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Okay. So you following what I'm saying? The first episode was intentional, for sure. Well, every, everything everything they do is, is intentional. intentional. So I mean, I can have my beefs, I can have bones to pick, but at the end of the day, they know what the hell they're doing, <laughs> and and I shouldn't even question it. I mean, I'm enti- we're all entitled to opinions, but 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 they're right. Whatever they do, they're right. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, you know, mea culpa, mea culpa. Yeah. I threw a lot of shade in the first episode. Yeah, I, I did, I did. Sharon is like, I just hate this episode. I, oh, <laughs> gross. I'm like waiting for her to say something. Right now. I still stand by, by my statement. Shut the fuck. You know, like whatever. But yeah, I mean, the first episode was it was kind of like the, it means it's like short term loss, long term gain. Like you watch the second episode, you're like, oh, they're open, they're busting open the doors a little bit for me, and maybe it's just like you said about what they're trying to show hope, just mm-hmm. the right, just the right doors. Now this is what gets me. I, I feel like we need to talk about this next because you are onto something that I was thinking of as well, and that's the planting, the leaving of stuff in the bathroom and not cleaning it up, the earrings. Oh yeah. Now listen, uh, my wife, the earrings is not one to be clean or like to not leave things everywhere. She does. But if you're trying to ease your potential the stepdaughter, I don't know how to, is it stepdaughter, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you know, you kind of want to make sure your bases are covered. You kind of, you know, and she seems like a person who's very mindful. Seems, I say seems. Lila? You, know, you mean Lila? Yeah. She seems like, okay. excuse me. I'm just trying to imitate you from that one clip. Eugene. But right, she comes off as very mindful and kind yeah. and yeah. try not to step on toes. But then like, of course, you know, if you're that mindful, clean up the bathroom, dummy. So, oh, it, I think it was intentional. Exactly. Exactly. I do. Even to the point where she's trying to you know, apologize oh, if I hadn't said something. I'm sorry. Yeah. My deceptive nature. My, I, think I, that, was, I was caught. <laughs> that was all bullshit, too. That whole conversation was bullshit. So this she's, is, co- she's covering her bases right now because one of these days, Leo's going to find out that she was in on all of this from the beginning, that she didn't just happen to offer up the wrong piece of information. No, she was in on it. So now she's going to have plausible deniability down the road. So when Kublik um, is like, no, she knew the whole time, Leo, she was in on it. She can be like, no, I told you. I, I told you everything. And so, yeah, she's just yeah. setting the stage for her own denial later. I'll get to the question of Leo in a second, but I, I kind of want to drill down a little bit further on this point. Is Lila in too deep? And by that, what I mean is, do any of us feel like there's a part of her that is struggling with this ruse? Mm. Right? What do you think, Jasmine? I'm not sure. Do you think she fair has answer. real... Yeah, that is fair. <laughs> do, you think she... do you think her feelings for Leo are real? I think there's definitely feelings for Leo, but she's just she's trying to balance like having the feelings for Leo and then also, you know, sticking with the the story. We do see mm. a little bit of this in season one. You know, she's looking out into Samuel Abbott, Walker, Sam at whatever stage he's in. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's something we need to bring up at some point constantly. And um, she's having that pretend conversation with Leo at first and, you know, and oh, like yeah. about her admitting to her admissions, you know, either it's her practicing her speech in order to be convincing spy or whatever it is, or maybe there is a bit of a concern. Maybe there is a bit of some sort of conflict. Either way, we find out at the end when she's talking to Elizabeth Ormond. No, when she's talking to Elizabeth Kublik. <laughs> Lieutenant Colonel. We see her at the end with her and it's like, oh, that's what you're for. You know, okay, all right, okay. Trying to get him on on, on their side, etc. And look, I get it. Both Lyle and Leo appear to be true, not true believers, but like they believe in the cause. 
I mean, Leo in his video opens up about being a partner. Yeah. You know, which I, I note the language because partner, meaning I'm equal. I, I'm just another alliance member. I'm not subservient to the civic public. I'm, I'm, hey, we're, we're buddies, right? Here, we're partners. <laughs> right. I don't know if that's still the case because when did he record that? In two months, he's done more it, than most people in, okay, in yeah, however long. So it have to be, I would assume, a couple of months after he got to CR. Yeah. When, when did he leave? Two months means that it's two weeks after they left Campus Colony in, into their wild journey. Because remember, six weeks they were out there for six weeks you know a month and, mm -hmm. and two weeks did we ever drill down how long leo and will had been gone before the show even started that's we did and i i all i know is that huck's been there and i, I love how they reiterate okay let me let me let me back up i yeah. love how in and to answer your question let's start with they confirmed what we had actually figured out about huck's uh, Huck. mission to campus mm -hmm. colony had been two years. We had figured that out based on yep. the meeting with Will and Felix and how long they've been together and, and like how yep. long Huck and Felix have had time to build their friendship. So that's cool. We're awesome. Mm -hmm. Cool. We're, Yay. I don't have to recite that episode. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know when it was. It was somewhere in last year, whatever. Just, just go listen to all of them and you'll, you'll run across it. It's not that many. Yeah. yeah right. They're not that long. But the only... <laughs> I will say the last episode edited down was an hour and 20. Not that yeah. much. Was not that bad. was awesome. Yeah. That was yeah. awesome. So then we get to the part when Leo had disappeared. And I, I figured it wasn't that too long after. It seems like maybe it was two months prior to them leaving Campus Colony. Let's just say that. Let's just say that... Uh, when the show the, starts, Leo has been gone for about two months. About two months. Let's Is just that, say okay. that. Yeah. I'm comfortable with that. I'm comfortable with that too. What, did, Jasmine? You want to fight us on this, or we're, we're sharing it in the chat? I, I feel like I feel like it's longer than that. Okay, okay. Elaborate. So like they, would, they would they wouldn't they wouldn't go after him after just two months of being gone. Not even after sense. receiving the communications that they did saying he was in trouble. Yeah, but he he has to get like established before he's gonna be able to start thinking about ways of communicating and stuff. I don't That's feel like true. on day one he'll start communicating with them. Or comfortable, um, right? Because. You know, you get to that yeah. comfort level. You think you can, oh, they're cool. I can. I was thinking more along the lines of like a year. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's, I think that's fair, actually. In the first episode, doesn't Felix mention how long Leo and Will have been gone? I, I don't know why I keep landing on four months for some reason. Ooh, I don't know where that comes. I don't know if I dreamt, dreamt it or. Well, we can break even and go, hey, audience, if, if, <laughs> you, if you have a clue, because we're going to probably yeah. not look at the episodes in the first we're, we're probably not going to look at the pilot and and look it up so hey audience if you happen to know let us know in yeah. the comments <laughs> so yeah. thank you we settled that because uh, again timelines i don't like to get we could spend all day on yeah. timelines that's and an again, all day conversation <laughs> this show has done a pretty good job of laying out timelines in a relatively good fashion compared to the other shows i i think mm -hmm. especially if you're the walking dead what i where, agree where are we where when are we <laughs> where are we the world just blew up and everything seems to be okay. Although maybe not so much. I say all this because I wonder too. I wonder if Lila Belshaw is struggling. I wonder where she's at mentally. I also wonder if Leo hasn't already started piecing the puzzle together, you know, clearing his head. Not as much to, to visit Elizabeth Kublik as it was to clear his head. Right, because I think when he does visit Kublik, he makes it a point to play a kind of game of mind chess. He's like, here's what I know. Mm -hmm. And the extent of your manipulation is as follows. He kind of throws in her face, like, you know, to let you know how Felix and Iris are arriving. Oh, like you did my security detail. Mm -hmm. And he says, 
oh, like you did with manipulating Huck thousands of miles to, to, to come over to this place? Oh, and how about that mole? You know, that mole being your daughter. At the end of this all, she says something very interesting to me, and that's she's more valuable than one more million fa- soldiers. But we well, also more, more um, important to her than one right, million. Right. Yeah. And so that actually caught my eye. What we said in the last episode, what we experienced last year was, okay, yes, as much as Elizabeth Kublik is a human being who does feel remorse over the loss of lives by way of her crying on the map when it comes down to the massacres at Campus Colony, which is the only thing we knew at the time, 10,000 people was enough. But then we found out it's basically 100,000 people plus. Anyway, when she says she she's more valuable to me than one million soldiers, that struck me because I feel like that is not unimportant. As a true believer, even though she has feelings, she believes in the cause. She's a true believer. We got to do bad to do good, as Huck says, but like she also says, we are the light of the world, you know, and then sends Barca to a re-education camp, you know, just as just beforehand. I wonder if that is going to be put to the test because Leo makes a concerted effort to say in this episode that everything I do, I do for my family, essentially. And I feel like he's not saying this un- unimportantly. In my opinion, I feel like his version of saving humanity is I'm doing this all for my children. You know, Felix, mm-hmm. Iris, H- Felix, Iris, and Hope. I think Elizabeth Kublik is a soldier first and a mother second. I think she does love her daughter. However, I think that she's also an acceptable loss. If she didn't make it back from her mission, that's something that Elizabeth would have been prepared to deal with. So to say, compared to Leo, oh, and Leo would be devastated. He would never, and his daughters would never be an acceptable loss. Whereas Elizabeth, the soldier. He what? He wouldn't be an acceptable loss either. Oh, no. Well, no. I mean, he is very important to the future. Like, the CR, I don't think, would consider him an acceptable loss. His brain is worth more than a million soldiers. I want to think that Elizabeth does, in fact, care about her daughter. I don't know that I have any proof of that. <laughs> I, just right. hope that she, I just hope that she does. That's a very important point, what you just said, because I was almost thinking, oh, yeah, well, maybe they're going to play with that. My daughter's uh, more valuable to me than one million, because maybe she's lying. Absolutely. But she knows that those words would hold weight with Leo. So she says it. She Mm. uses what she what she needs to. I take your point. (laughs) She's a master (laughs) manipulator. See, I was confused because Hook was staying at that camp that's like outside the CRM. The perimeter? Yeah. So I want to know, like, why was she living there if her mum is in the research place okay so mm. one, of, one of the things that we said mm. one of the things that we said i love that you did said this because it's like it's like i couldn't have set it up better one of the things we had said last year was that the folks at the perimeter so like why do they know huck why do they know jennifer malik yeah and why does she know where they where they are and why the, yeah. why exactly we, we theorized last year and look we could be could be horribly wrong <laughs> <laughs> but I have a feeling because of New York, Huck's deployment to Middletown, New York, Garnett Medical Center, where things started to go bad, showing the backstory of her saving all those people, killing all her brothers in the process, and doing this, killing her brothers in the process to save these people. The people that she had saved are the folks of the perimeter. I, now, I don't know if this is the thing that Kublik says to Malik, the, to Jennifer Malik, that that thing that you did two years ago that made made me need to deploy you out here on this mission to make up for what you did. I don't know if that's the same thing, but I do get the feeling right. that the people of the perimeter are the people she goes, hey, mom, you're an attache for the for the UK military. Can you help with these people and put you know, bring them 
them to safety. And then that is how they establish the perimeter, like as an excuse to go, oh, you're protecting this research facility. You're, you're good for that. That's what you're good for. And because of her love for her daughter or for the importance they're trying to give these people, that's how they're able to survive this perimeter clan or colony, let's say. It is still strange to me that the that the CRM allows them such yeah. freedoms. That is still confusing. It's cool because it allows people a sanctuary, but at the same time, it's like, why? Why would the CRM allow this? Right, because in, in the back of your mind, you're like thinking... Why do they need this if they have the manpower? Or maybe they don't. Maybe they're spread way too thin. I don't know. But the fact that it's weird to us should be a good signal to us to say, that's weird. Why? And it could be, it could be that having it be civilians protecting the research facility. I mean, it's kind of like what Hope said earlier. She goes, I expected more guard dogs and watchtowers. Yeah. But maybe the whole point is maybe the Civic Republic military recognizes that in order for people to be productive, they don't have, they have to back off to the point where they're far away so they can feel comfortable giving them what is referred to in this episode. And I refuse to, to get it out of my brain. Something Lila says to Leo, no useful data here goes to waste. Yeah. And so that is something that is just like alarm bells. Like, oh, now let's take that statement, put it everywhere. And so when Hope says guard dogs, watchtowers, why are, where are they? Okay, so the perimeter is exemplary of that. It's like, okay, let's have civilians protect, protect this place. Let's make it so that they feel comfortable doing the research without a helmet head looking over their shoulder. Feel safe instead of be safe, right? Or whatever it is. And maybe they are safe. Maybe they're protecting it from using flybys and all that stuff. And that's fine. As long as they're far away, they can be productive. Feel comfortable. Maybe make mistakes that they can pick up, like, like transmissions to campus colony, right? So this I think is- I missed something along the way here somewhere. The perimeter community is protecting the research facility? Question yeah, mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where was that when said? Was Where was that said? So I that's that. That's that's why they're called the perimeter. They are basically protecting this. Where this... was that said though? Where, oh, in the, who in said the first that? episode. In the first episode. I, I missed that. Who said it? When was it said? I think it was Indira who said that. I believe they was... that that their whole reason for existing is to protect the. Now, see, when they called that, when I heard them call the perimeter, I just assumed like to me that meant they're like on the outskirts of everything, away from the CR. I I. I completely missed someone saying that they protect the research facility. I don't remember that being said. I don't think it was said explicitly that it it protected the research facility, but what I do know is that they were very close to it. I mean, basically very close to figuring out where Leo was until Huck and Felix had that conflict at the retirement home, which again, they mentioned again, so they kind of catch you up a little bit. And we know they're close to the research facility because Iris walked there in the middle of the night and killed that soldier, right? Is that... That's how we know, know. they're close enough? Because she walked. Right. All, all I know is that, okay, like, the perimeter is kind of like a buffer or like a neutral zone. It, it allows the civilians to protect at least the, the first stage of security towards wherever they are, really. And listen, I, it's not leaps and bounds assumptions to assume that the perimeter is the outside, perimeter being the word, right, right. of what they're protecting is probably most likely the research facility. So they seem pretty close, I think. I, I don't know. I, I could be wrong. Maybe well, maybe I'm wrong, but it feels well, like that, that's what it is. That, make, that makes more sense to me why the perimeter has these freedoms, why they are sort of left alone. They're like, okay, well, if you take care of this, we'll leave you alone. Right. I, I guess that just wasn't 
I obviously totally missed it or it wasn't very clear. It wasn't clearly stated that that's the reason for being there. I think it was stated that there is, we we protect this, not the research facility per se, but we protect this area. She didn't say exactly what it was with good reason, right? Because if what if she did say it and they wanted to go attack it or whatever it is? I don't know. Yeah. But she said, we protect this area and the CR gives us food and supplies and stuff like that. I, and it I makes assumed sense. it would be like, like if you, their property. If, you, if, if you're first, right, exactly. Whatever it is, it's their property, but I'm making the assumption that it's the research facility. But I say okay. this because that makes complete sense. If any strangers wander into this perimeter area, they're like, oh, oh, uh, this is just a colony. This is not really a security thing or whatever. This is, seems normal, you know? And so, and maybe they are protecting something for whom we don't know. Cause you're not supposed to know what the civic Republic is. You're not supposed to know right. what the military looks like. Helmet heads, <laughs> executioners, not supposed to know what they look like. So it's smart. It's a good smoke screen. If, if that's the case though, why don't they have like a, like an active communication stream between the two places or something? Good question. Like radio, they could radio if there's people. Hey, we got an attack coming in. Heads up. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. That's a very good question, but yeah. the answer the answer is actually very simple. It's because if they had a two-way communication system, let's say they come in, they, they speak to them in person, go away. Whoever takes over the perimeter has a means to contact the CR, and you are not to contact the CR. Period. Not even to warn them about an attack. They would easily be destroyed if someone wanted to get past. Yeah, I say this because I think the perimeter knows. They sign like a, uh, what do you call it? the terms and, terms and conditions sheet? It's like, you know what you are. You are the first line of defense. Meaning, if you go down, you're expendable. But you're going down means we have a heads up. You know, just by way of either gunfire, explosions, whatever it is. It's like plausible deniability. We will see them coming. You will be the smokescreen. And when you, when you go down, because it seems like they're in a valley. They're in a low position. When you go down... That's it. Now we know to pack our shit and go. And so, and we'll have enough time to do that. But in exchange, here's food, here's supplies. You can be an artist community, whatever you want to do. Whatever hippy-dippy shit you want to do. I, this makes sense when it, when it comes to like a community building. You can't do everything yourself. I mean, there is an intelligence to it. Do you want it so that your soldiers are out in the open, protecting a facility that may be vulnerable? Especially if you're the Civic Republic military. Like, no, we don't want people to know who we are, where, what we're doing to even find the research facility. So you want as much buffer as possible. But they do still have soldiers out on patrol. So at they night. are doubling, doubling it up. Yeah, it seems like they only do it at night, not during the day where they can be spotted. And it's shoot to kill. As soon as they hear a sound, they kill animals, they kill whatever, walkers, of course. Except for Felix. Felix can be as loud as he wants and not be killed at all. That's, very, yeah. Very, in- <laughs> very interesting that you say that. Because if, if you hear the subtitles or watch and hear the subtitles, he goes, oh, shit. You can't just kill them out there when they when the walkers yeah. fall to the ground. He's like, oh, you got to catch them. So he runs out there and catches yeah, the second one. But he's one. like, but he's like, don't let him hit the ground. We gotta catch him. <laughs> just you, you just made the clip. <laughs> All right, Sharon, you got this. You're writing this down, right? Well, Sharon says, and then he drops it anyway. But like, you know, he yeah, drops it. Yeah. He drops it gingerly. It's it's funny but how he the drops. <laughs> But he, he, well, he lets it fall and he lets it fall gently instead of thuds to the floor. I'm not gonna pick this. See, here's Walker here's the thing. thuds. Here, here's the thing that bugs me the most. Okay, where oh my God. where the sound where the sound and foley come in. Foley is 
for those who don't know, Foley is like when you make sounds to sound like other things for the sake of the show, because the mics aren't going to pick up everything. And also the real life <laughs> sounds aren't always as impactful as made up sounds. That's Foley. So there were parts where the Foley came in too hot or the dialogue came in too hot. And then there were really important parts like near the end where Iris was and Felix are having this important conversation about Iris saying, I wasn't scared. I was just saying I was just I would have been disappointed if I didn't get a chance to hit back. And Felix is like, yeah, I agree. But that whole dialogue was like, there were parts where I could barely make it out because over the sound of like the wind or whatever it was, or the water or whatever it was. And then like at night with this night shoot, maybe it's on set, maybe it's outside, whatever. It was a little too loud, right? Mm-hmm. It was it was too much. So I don't know if they're just trying to figure things out. And I don't know if it wasn't COVID too. That's another thing that we have to keep in mind. There is COVID filming going on here. There are people standing six feet apart from one another while they're talking to, to each other. Except for the walkers because they have full-blown masks on. <laughs> no. But you get it. You get you get it. it. You can pick this show apart, but like they're... I have it was just—it was just hilarious. I it mean, is it, hilarious. It, at oh, the yeah. end of the day, it didn't affect the storyline at all. They didn't actually hear yeah. them or anything. But it's like, could you be any louder? Yeah. No, I don't yeah. think you could. <laughs> Leaves I I crunching f- and yeah, just yeah, just yeah. bad. And I, f- I, f- I felt like I had to say this and bring up the COVID filming because they're working really hard to give us something to chew on and without spending too much more time on this help me help me connect the dots between the sound mm. level and covid restrictions because that happens in a in a computer at a desk not around other people yes no we have my well the foley yes the foley the sound effects yeah. yes that happens yeah. in a studio right but okay. the but the actual sound has to be like lav mics and and you have to get the boom mics just right then you have to get them at this at a certain distance and but adjusting certain- levels that happens one-on-one with you and a computer yes <laughs> well it happens one for happens first in person and you have to get the right levels too if you yes, if they're if it, you're too hot you get too much background noise if they're too low you don't get the dialogue you need and you have to blow it up and it sounds terrible so everything has to be just right you have to use the right equipment you have to get close when you when you need to get close you have to get far away when you need to get far away and you know when they were doing the filming on the ridge you know they were very far away so it was picking up a lot of a lot of noise and stuff like that maybe it was a windy day so the lav mics picked up a lot of wind that didn't need to pick up pick it. so they're doing their best they're doing their best i think and we we noted this like in, in the bonus episodes too of the walking dead how like some some dialogue had to be replaced in adr in the studio oh and it yeah. Sounded, and yeah it sounded fake i mean I, it, that one i showed you about jerry and, and carol yeah. that one yeah, conversation you, gotta, you, gotta do you what heard you gotta that do. Again, right yeah you gotta do yeah. what you gotta do and maybe they should have done a little bit more of that but maybe yeah. they also didn't have time too because i feel like they jumped right on filming as soon as code okay, filming time. was allowed yeah Time restrictions make more sense to me than COVID restrictions. Yeah, no. <laughs> time plus COVID equals, yeah. well, some things aren't going to be airtight. Yeah. 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 I think. I put it to you. Has Leo figured out that this is all a doing of oh. the Civic Republic? Oh, poor Leo. He thinks he has it figured out, but he has no... Like, he he knows this much about a puzzle this... I mean this big so i i just feel bad for him and he walks into elizabeth's office all smug like oh yeah i'm gonna put this bitch in her place and then she's like you're excused now oh my god (laughs) i loved it i shouldn't have but i did (laughs) something i said in the last episode how these episodes are going to prove that Iris knows what she's doing, or at least demonstrate that Iris knows what she's doing as far as physical prowess, as far as crossbow handling or whatever. Now, it could be all magical thinking, but the show's going to keep reiterating, oh, Iris knows what she's doing, Iris knows what she's doing, okay? And then mm. you just kind of, at some point, you're going to have to accept it. At some point, you're, you're just going to have to go, okay, all right, I don't believe it, but this is what you want to show, you know? <sighs> 
Iris. And they and they do show it a lot in this episode. I'll tell you how they do it. Obviously, with the crossbow with Felix, that's low hanging fruit, right? You're like looking at Felix and what? What we're doing a William Tell on this uh, on this Walker kill here? <laughs> Fine. Again, low hanging fruit. I don't want to dwell on that one. But the one scene that actually got me to think a little bit more about it was near, not near the end, but it was kind of like near the middle where both Will and she are putting down walkers near the pond where they're having the second discussion about uh, basically her convincing Will, at least, that it was the CR that did the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And Will goes, I I would be lying if I didn't think, even after they were trying to kill me, that... (laughs) Okay, maybe they did do it, right? <laughs> but and and again, we have to go over this one point is that even us watching it are still in disbelief that they did this. And then so of course it makes sense transferring that over to Felix and Will, it would be hard to be- even harder to believe because they're an alliance member, why would they do that? Doesn't make sense to me. But we know the truth. We saw them do it, you know? It's easy That's for fine, us. But why does Iris know? Cuz she's super intelligent. I mean, there are things like we dropped in the last episode about very Because her dreams told her. Yeah, but we have to, we acknowledge that You acknowledge. <laughs> no, but we acknowledged last year that Iris is just as intelligent as Hope. You know, without them, the, the other, they're, they're, you oh, know. Oh, yeah, 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 they're, they're a team. I mean, uh, yeah, exactly. And a tr- team of intelligence. So it's easy to kind of make the, the connection that, okay, she's working things out in her brain in the background, putting the, the pieces of the puzzle of her dream, but her dream means this doesn't seem right. Will dropping the hint that a column took down Omaha and Campus Colony, they knew exactly where to go, where to travel, you know, decimating everything in sight, doesn't make sense. Which is why in her dream, she's pulling down the walker mask. Oh, it's the CRM. She, she's putting the pieces together in a way that other people can't. You know, and so that's why that that happens. After this conversation with Will about her thoughts, Will agreeing with her, Felix eventually copping on and also being angry and also going along with Iris. And also, I think, is a good time to actually mention that remember what Felix was all about. And this is why it's harder to convince Felix. Felix in the very beginning was like, okay, girls, it's time to turn back. It's time to be conforming. I'm the security detail at Campus Colony. Let's go back now. Okay, maybe I'll take the boys to Omaha while the while Huck and the girls continue. Sounds like a great plan, right, Jennifer? <laughs> and then look at where we're at now. Felix is following Iris now. That's another tick in the prowess corner for Iris. He's like, maybe she's seeing something that I don't. Maybe she's feeling something or has a plan that I don't know about. And maybe Felix knows Iris longer. Felix knows that she's very smart, too. Maybe not genius level smart. I don't know. But also you have to remember in the pilot, what was Iris doing? She was taking all the courses she needed to be that smart person that her she wanted to be the hope of the world instead of drawing. She wanted to be, she was out there making connections, being the star student, not like Hope, who had childhood trauma, even though she was just as smart. Anyways, we go back to this moment here, and just as that scene ends, both she and Will are taking down walkers pretty proficiently. Again, we're dropping these little breadcrumbs that kind of like, you, we would kind of like, oh, don't they all know how to kill walkers? No, did you see the first episode? <laughs> or was it the second episode? I can't remember which. Yeah, I think it was the second episode. It's what you get. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good to show people, like, I know how you feel about a thing, but just look at the thing, and eventually they're going to keep going. They're going to keep trying to convince you that Iris knows what she's doing, even though you may still not believe it, but you just have to recognize it. I get it. I get it, people. I wrote in my notes, I don't like Iris. (laughs) That goes in my notes every week. Ugh, Iris. Ugh. I am in the same camp as you, but I'm also... (laughs) No, but I... You know what that feeling that you get 
when you're like, oh, they're pulling the wool over my eyes. They want me to, they want me to hate Iris. They want me to not like her, her risk taking, what she's doing. But they're gonna do, they're gonna, at some point, they're gonna do something that says, oh, maybe she knows what she's doing. Maybe she, something's happening here. Maybe she's ahead of the game on what's going on here. You know they're gonna do it, guys. They just did it to you in the last episode. I'm trying to warn you. <laughs> I think they're trying to get me to like Iris. And the more they try no. to get me to like her, I, don't. No, my, my my thing is they're not trying to get you to like her. I'm trying to tell you they're purposely trying to get you to not like her. They they then, saw since season one. They, was that since season one? Yes. Right. Well, yeah. not since season. Okay, this is I'm I've I'm, never I'm liked Iris right now. I don't I don't think that's that's what they were doing in season. I think season one they thought oh she seems great doesn't see it was like no she's like not great. <laughs> so, so now they're just they're steering they're, into the skid. They're like okay audience you don't yes, like Iris thank we'll, you we'll we'll really make you not like her now. Well then they're doing a great job. They're doing a wonderful job because I cannot <laughs> stand her. <laughs> do you but do you think that's what it is? I'm convinced at this point, only because of the way they're laying all this out, they want you to see her taking more risks and going, girl, so, why are you stupid? Did you listen to Michonne? Anger makes you stupid. Here's all my my thought process. Every time I think the show is trying to do something on purpose, the first thing I ask myself is, why? To what end? Like, why would they want me to hate Iris? What would be the reason? At uh, this is rate. that yeah. Right. Why, why do they want me to dislike this character so hard right now? Is it because later she's going to you know make a flip and save everybody because i'm telling you right now that ain't gonna get me to like her i don't know about liking liking seems extreme it may break even and go hey i know you didn't like her but it seems like she's she's like a thing like seems like she knows what she's doing doesn't mean like, you still the more right she is the more i dislike her Every time she's right about something, I'm like, fucking, oh, whatever. What the fuck ever? Well, and drill down on that. Drill down on that. Do you mean like, um, what do like you mean the, about right? The, specifically the CRM, oh, like the CRM? thing. Yeah, okay. spe specifically right now, my beef is that. Like, the whole but dream why? thing. Okay, I get, I understand what you're saying. Okay, I, I get what you're saying, and I totally understand it, and I absolutely believe it, too. I do think she's intelligent enough to recognize patterns. She hears clues and, and uses that information, kind of like what Lila said. No, okay. no useful data goes to waste. Iris takes all of that in, and she right. makes sense of the information that she has. What I, what I don't like... And this is just a TV thing versus real life thing. She is so convinced that she's right. It's not even a theory. Mm. Like, she's not posing it as a theory. She's stating it as fact when it's it's really just a theory of hers. Right. That's, okay, I think that's what's irritating me. And I think we have to acknowledge this is that maybe the damage has already been done from season one. Is, Could, that, yeah. is that possible? Because yeah. as I you were talking, so. I'm like, I don't think that's enough. I don't think it's enough that... That she's so cocksure, you know? I, I think, yeah, I think all of season, my my building of the hatred for Iris in season one is definitely contributing to that. But I just don't like how she's very cocky. Who does that sound like? From Morgan from and Strand. Well, okay, we might as well steer into that skid. Because Sharon <laughs> did say Morgan. Did she? Yeah. Fucking yeah, that's right. Great minds. Hell but yeah. Within the context <laughs> of the show, who did that sound a lot more like? That sounded a lot more like Hope in the first season. Very cocksure, very arrogant, you know, got herself put in Campus Colony Jail and Felix had to kind of like, well, sis, looks like you done did bad again. <laughs> it's like, so, you know, same thing. <laughs> I, we're contrasting, we're paralleling, but I will say, I, I think it is more the, the damage is done part than it is the other thing. But you, look, it, that was only one season. They have a whole season to kind of turn you around. I'm hoping they do. As much as I'm okay with being, with my expectations being turned over, 
I feel like it's my duty as a podcaster to point these things out to go, hey, they're trying to get you to not like her risk propensity, let's say. They're trying to get you to be like, this is what Michonne warned us about. The stupid gets you killed. I mean, eh, guys, <laughs> come on. But we have all this yeah. front-loaded knowledge that will screw with us when thing go- things go differently. And when they do, you're like, okay, fine, 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 okay. And you may find yourself later on going, fine, I guess I like her. I guess I like her. Fine. Mm. I'm just saying. Mm. Anything is the, possible. <laughs> and here's the worst part about all of this is that it, it is kind of like the conversation that Leo has with Kublik. Kublik is saying, we did a psychological profile on you, you dimwit. <laughs> I mean, you smart guy, but you're not smart in this respect. Right. Like we, know, we know that even though your daughters might be at risk and that you may even lose one of them, you'll still work towards humanity, you, you dope. We have you at the palm of our hands, you piece of shit. But when Leo hears all, it's kind of like when somebody tells you your future. Like, this is what you are. First of all, when anybody tells you what you are, do you automatically want to agree with them? First hmm. off, this is just a you and me thing. Like you, hmm. me, and Jasmine, and Sharon. That's, that's a tough question to answer. I feel like I, I wouldn't but know. But like when somebody tells happened, you what you are, right? but in an antagonizing way. Like when someone tells you what you don't want to hear. Exactly. About yourself. Yeah. Hmm. True or not. Doesn't matter if it's true or not. Your, your, your instinct is to disagree yeah. with them. It might be more difficult f- if it's something true. No, well, you're a special person. That is, I'm saying that in a very, very positive way. The fact well, that diffi- sometimes- difficult to hear. Not difficult to admit, but difficult to hear something true about yourself. Also, it's yeah. something like maybe that you're not aware of. Yeah, and they bring it to light. Your instinct would definitely be to disagree. Mm. Would, yeah, very good point. Yeah. And then in the meanwhile, like even if it infects your your mind, you know, even while it's infecting your mind after the after the fact, your mind is kind of like thinking, okay, maybe it's true, but now I have a means to change that. Or I thought about that, and you still <laughs> you happen to be wrong, which is entirely still possible. Because as they're having this conversation, I keep thinking to myself, does she know that humanity in quotes? is really, it starts with my daughters. It starts with my son in Felix, let's say. I think, I think she, she has that wrong. She has the motivations all wrong. She thinks, yeah. she, she thinks it's altruistic. It's like she missed the forward that Hope sees in, in the, the Nebraska State paper. I think that's very clear with the conversation she's having with Lila, too. Lila's trying to convince Elizabeth why it's so important to have Hope here and get her on board. And Kublik's just like, well, isn't that what you're here for? Aren't you supposed to keep him motivated and happy? And and she's totally missing the boat on why the saving humanity is important. It's right. for his family. And he's trying to tell her that. And she's like, no, no, no. The psychology doesn't lie. <laughs> <laughs> but what's great about this show... And what they showed us in the beginning, in the in the first season, is that in some senses, why would a father leave his children to do this? In a dead world, from our point of view, doesn't that seem a bit like, you know, are, aren't you abandoning your kids? Aren't you abandoning, you know, leaving them for extent? We don't know what's going to happen to you. The, the crazy thing is I love how aware the Iris and Fe- Iris Felix and Hope are of this fact. Felix, he's like, yeah, he's going to be safe. But I believe in everything because I'm the security guy. And I, you know, this is, this is my... This, yeah, this is my family. This is like, you know, my found family. And like, I'm leaning in all the way because this is not what I had pre-apocalypse. Sure. <laughs> but the girls are kind of like, listen, we've had the, the pleasure of walls, kind of like what Elizabeth says. And so when we see him go out there, it's like, but we're not stupid. We know what's going on out there. We know what happens. I say all this because we have to kind of be aware that the show has painted a picture of, of, of Leo Bennett that we could have. And that's, 
you know, the person that was willing to t- steal time away. I mean, Hope even has that conversation in the office, which they showed us in the last episode. Why she's so upset with him? Because because he's going. Why are you Why are you going away from us? Is it because I did something? Is it because I got I I got in trouble too many times? Is that why you're leaving? She knows that's not true, but she feels you know. Oh, but you shouldn't, right? But you shouldn't leave. This is a dead world. You shouldn't leave. We should be together. I don't know. I I, I feel like this all has to go out on the table for when we try to understand Leo later on. And I feel that this this is going to happen. Leo's going to cop on. Or maybe he's already copped on. And I don't know that he has a choice. Or maybe he's trying to figure out a way of having a choice. I really like the conversation um, that he has with Hope when they're when he gives her her little breakfast, her birthday breakfast, and uh, he's talking about how although even though he wanted to give her the freedom to choose her own path, he secretly wanted her to choose his. I thought that was really cute. <sighs> that was great. You know, I mean, that was like aww. And then he continues on, and it gets even more heartbreaking because he's like, you know, now look at us. Here we are, stuck in the same place with no choices at all. I thought it was really cool that he was that open and honest with Hope about the CR this early on too. That could be kind of dangerous, but I think it really says about a lot about how much he trusts Hope and I mean he knows his daughter. If she thinks something shady, she's gonna she's gonna dig around. That's just her nature, right? Like she's sorta goes against the grain. She's the rebel and so he knows that about her and so by by planting this in her brain, he might have an ally down the road in outing these people or escaping or I don't know what his ultimate end goal would be but he's trying to get hope on board with whatever it is he wants to do down the road I love how you how, how we you went to this conversation <laughs> right after the last one because it, it flows so nicely and I'll tell you I'll tell you why <laughs> you're hitting on something that's very important that they bring up in this episode in contrast let's go to that point and we'll come back to this conversation the point that Lila is trying to make when she's giving this toy to hope and this is brought about I think in the last episode as well like so Leo is trying to set, uh, forge the path so that you can forge it for other people down the line. It's like there's mm-hmm. no you. So all we are is a means to the for the future generations to also have the means for the future generations for for all the future generations to have all the future. So, you know, it's not about sacrificing for the next generation. It's a constant string of sacrifices, constant, never ending. We have heard this before. One of the biggest observations that we made, even before the show came on, this is when we were analyzing the trailer. Oh, they're all about the future. So how do you tell a kid that your present means nothing, right? This was Campus Colony. Wait, why is this important? Because we've been singing their praises. <laughs> like in the latter half of the first season. Because as soon as they went out there, we're like, things kind of were great in Campus Colony. There's freedom of choice a little bit. There is a philosophy that binds and binds people like working towards the future, not really having a present. But I can forgive that if there's a modicum of choice because the conversation with Leo and Hope is, yeah, you had a choice. I gave you a wide berth to choose, hopefully coming to work with me. But whatever it was, I was going to support it. It's good to kind of contrast these two things because we made that observation. It was a harsh one. We're like, oh, there must not be any freedom of choice in Campus Colony. Oh, that sucks. Now look at the Civic Republic. Mm. Oh, oh, you don't not only not have a present, everything is about getting a foothold into the future. Every generation is a foothold. Every generation after that is a foothold. You have no present. All you are is future. And so it's nice to kind of contrast these. Like, I can we have, can I have Campus Colony back, please? Can I have Cleeth there? I like to do that because when we come back to that conversation with Leo, there was something that in, in the conversation between Kublik and Leo that alluded to, first of all, all that, the tour with Lila, Kublik and, and, and Leo. And the impression that I got 
is when you take the reasoning behind Leo and we kind of extrapolate that it is for his daughters. See, most people, you're a parent, Rachel, you would agree. Mm -hmm. I am going to do whatever I can to set my son up for a better future. A direct individual connection to your offspring, right? Mm -hmm. The CR or the CRM, their whole thing is it's not about your one daughter or your son or your children. It's not about setting up your personal kin with a better future. It's about all of us. And that's how you have to think. And so they don't get that when they look at Leo. They don't understand that. He grew up, he was in Campus Colony. That's not how they worked. Yes, they had a future-looking philosophy, but there was still choice. There was still We still want to ha- give the best to our individual, you know, our personal offspring. Because they believe that if we give them the best future, then they will give their kids the best future like normal people. But CR is is trying to undo that and say, oh, collective. It's about the collective. You you just inherited 200,000 sons and daughters or whatever. You know what I mean? Or in grandfathers and uncles. And it's yeah. important to note that because of course she doesn't understand Leo's motivations. Or at least as she's refusing to get that through her thick skull. It's been 10 years later. Of course, after a while, you're thinking, why doesn't everybody think this way? Why doesn't everybody think this way? Why haven't well, we rewritten everybody's brains? It makes sense. It, it- that a soldier and a military personnel would have that thought process because it's been also. drilled into yeah it's been drilled into them and and you know ingrained in their training and everything it's sad that it does seem like Leo's the only one motivated by his family well at least he's the only one we're seeing that is motivated by his personal family which okay yes what he's doing is for the larger human family and the future of that but but what motivates him is going to be his kids so it's kind of stupid of the military to try and take that from him when clearly that's what's going to keep him motivated like or or at least short-sighted for the future's sake i would be playing into leo's wants like okay here you sure here you go doctor whatever keeps you working whatever keeps you happy and working you know okay okay that's interesting sometimes i take the contrarian nature that I have and kind of say, oh, wait, let's play devil's advocate here. (laughs) It makes sense what you're saying only in as much as if you were the CR or the CRM, because Mm -hmm. this is who operates in the shadows, right? Would you trust what people say rather than the data that you pick up, right? Because people lie and more than anything, they lie to to themselves, right? So when, when Leo is saying, I do this for my family, this is my humanity, she can go, that's not what the... That's not what the psychological profile says. Sorry. We'll know if Leo digs his heels in and stops working, right? Then we'll know if the psych value was correct or not. And then we stack up the importance of Leo against his daughters, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he yeah. could be on the chopping block. I would like, to, like- s- I would like to see that. I would like to see Leo quit working until, until Felix and Iris arrive. Quit working. I, I, I wouldn't. I don't well, trust. I don't trust them. That's what he's saying, you know, is going to happen. Scared. though. So he I should like, stick to his guns and do it. I like Joe Holt. I don't I want him to be on the show. I do. Well, maybe too, he'll but, be. But it'd be, maybe interesting. be like Samuel Abbott. <laughs> but it would be interesting. It would be interesting to see how important Leo is. And how you know, important may- is he? And, and, you know, maybe what you're saying, okay, I'm, I'm like, we're springboarding off springboarding because <laughs> me, as much as it would break my heart, and I'm expressing this, I'm allowed to, <laughs> what it, it highlights even further the things that I've been saying about, we make these sacrifices not for the greater good, not, which is what the CR is, we, we got to do bad to do good. It, it's, it's about the, the greater good, the bigger picture, the greater good. Uh, <laughs> but for Leo, his sacrifice is personal. If he were to stop working, it would be to say, daughters, 
look at this. This is what's happening. This mm -hmm. is what's going on. You don't need them. They're a stepping stone for you. You can do better. Hope you can survive out there. Maybe with a couple people, fine, whatever. <laughs> Maybe with a, a walker killing Iris. Oh, uh, and, <laughs> and Will. And you're like, fuck this shit. Damn it, Dave. Stop making me think like him. Stop making me like Iris. I'm not trying to make you like Iris. I'm just saying to recognize certain things. Anyway, so but you can do this. With her fucking and I do this for you. horn. And then it, and it, but it might also be a means for Lila to even wake up a bit. Because I... I'm not saying that Lila isn't a true believer. I think she is. Oh the yeah. CR Hope sees the CRM, the CRM tattoo, and she she knows like, oh, that's suspicious. Mm -hmm. Has Leo not seen this in his tryst? She drank the Kool Aid. <laughs> she drank the Kool Aid. She ate the rhubarb pie. She had the ice cream. She's like faking in in the Commonwealth. Uh, yep. she, she's really military, <laughs> right? It would be really sad to see Leo go, but I think I understand where you're going. If he does this, if he sticks to his guns and says, "Look, I'm not, I'm not working. I'm not working anymore until Felix and Iris are here safe," and they end up killing him, that's going to be a huge eye opener for Hope. Like, oh, these are the people I'm dealing with, and then his sacrifice would be to spark Hope's journey or revenge. But you know, it's funny. It's like, but there was an accident at the lab. Yeah. I, I bring that up because now we're going to get to talk about it. Yeah, I do these things. <laughs> so we're going to talk about something else. The way the first two episodes start out are very interesting. You start off in the first episode in the dark. It's, it's dark. It's murky. It's outside. It's, you know, it's dark. It's, it's nature. This is how the world works. This is, it's gross. Start off in this episode, light, power, shower. It's weird to her. She's opening up the, the faucet. She's like running water. What? bathroom four walls okay it's very different i feel like when leo brings up so what happened to you out there like what are you okay what can you tell me about what happened she does that there's that like silent flashback to the events of, of season which i were you I ever in real danger yeah we're ever in real danger right and then it shows the mm -hmm. dangers that she was in even to the point where people were holding her up at knife uh gunpoint yeah not just right? walkers but people but yeah yeah I love, I love that there was no sounds in the flashback. There was like the hint of music too. It really was em emotionally evocative to kind of really bring you up to speed about where Hope is at mentally, seeing all this convenience, seeing all the power and water that she didn't have while she was out there, enduring out there and contrasting the two things. But I also see by the end of this episode, a Hope that is protecting Iris and Felix, but also I think she's starting to see, and I'm a little worried about this, starting to see the benefits of this of this community uh, what do you guys think about that is it possible that hope not necessarily drinks the kool-aid but thinks you know that she can step foot in both worlds but ultimately siding with the cr in terms of they you may not like them they may have manipulated me but that's the game i think that um she is going to start to see like the ways of the crm but i think that because of the conversations that she was having with mason I think they're going to have a bit of a connection and he's going to kind of bring her on to the side of the CRM. Mm. The C CRM or the CR? Well, the CR. Ah, okay. Here's the thing. The CR, the CRM, they're not wrong. How they're doing it is, but their overall message, their goal is not wrong. They are trying to eradicate the walkers and build a real future. Now, they're going about it like assholes, but they're not wrong. So I could see Hope believing in that but then trying to change the methods in which they enforce all of this. Damage from the inside. <laughs> Do you think Hope could take over the CRM? Mm. This is going to go to my other observation, which was we have to always go back to the original premise of the show as proposed by Matt Negretti 
two girls, one light, one dark, and ultimately may face off against one another. I'd like to see Huck take over the CRM. (laughs) May end up well-being. If we're proposing that Hope drinks a little bit of the Kool-Aid, enough to get her to say, hey, what am I going to do? This is Mm -hmm. how it is. And Iris seems to be on the path of, no, we can beat them. But what if them is also Hope? Right. Right? Right. So... I say all this because then we go back to Iris' silent flashbacks, and one of the things that they flashed to was the Twin Walker. The Twin Walker? It was the two fused walkers in the BOG walking around. And, oh, and, oh, and yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. And they both kill that walker. Yeah, there's like the one time yes. where they kind of unite, and then they take down walkers together. Their first-ish walker kill. Uh-huh. Which is a sort of, kind of, a, like an allegory, right? Oh, they're twins, they're twins, they're taking out twins, boop, boop, boop. But this is the season where they show us the contrast. You take the, the events of season one, and then you flip them and you, you, you go through a dark mirror. And here's season two where, oh, now we're trying to take them apart. Now we're trying to get them to go against one another again, sort of, but in a whole different scale. We're dropping seeds here. We're dropping seeds. I don't like being manipulated like this. Now you know what it's like to be in the CR. Yeah. Good night, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like it either, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, okay. This is the game you want to play, Negretti? This is the game. (laughs) I mean, uh, not bad. Well played. (laughs) <laughs> in a in a face off in a face off between Hope and Iris right now, I'd be rooting for Hope. But I know these fuckers, and by the end of the season, they're wait, gonna wait. they're gonna do something. But why? And I know why. I know. I just want you to say it. Like why? Why? Why would you root for Hope? Not because of the things you said earlier, but because of the reason, right? Well, I just don't like Iris. Oh, oh, I was here. That's pretty, I am pretty simple. Trying to give you. Trying to be generous of spirit and say, oh, no, what the CR is saying is right. You know, the thing that they need for the future. No, I just don't like Iris. Good night, no. everybody. There's no. no more need to talk about it. <laughs> yep. Pretty simple. Right. But right. I mean, sure, I could I, I could go I could go a little deeper and say all of that. But at the end of the day, I really just don't like Iris. But now now I'm. Uh... Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, no. Did I, did I? Okay. No, I'm going to not. No, I'm going to not let. No, see, now I feel like I'm not. Now, now I, you've got me feeling like I don't like her because they want me not to like her. Now I'm like, well, fuck you. Maybe I will like her just because you want me not to like her. But then I'm. But now you're saying see, that now. now I'm, and, the, and I'm like going crazy. This is. I don't like being manipulated, you fuckers. I don't like it. I don't yeah. like it. I want to think for myself. I, I have very important news to tell you. <laughs> I'm from the Civic Republic. (laughs) (laughs) You fucker! (laughs) Okay. All right. Yeah, okay. Well, let me say what Sharon said first. Dave goes deep, dot, 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 undercover. Undercover. (laughs) We make deep undercover. (laughs) Um, I wanted to close the book on on the conversation with Leo and Hope in that I love the little bit of campus colony philosophy of like, okay, individual freedom to do, pursue the future, even though that's what we should be pursuing, rather than collective pursuit. Oh, we tell you what to do so we can get a foothold. We tell you where you need to go, but no, campus colony, freedom. Okay, cool contrast. But there's a little bit of Leo going, I know how this world is like, but the walking dead makes it so that you can become your idealized or the self that you're meant to be. I feel like Leo had that flavor. I feel like he touched on something that he is aware of is disappearing, Mm. right? That's what the walking dead represents. The CR is saying, no, no, it was, it's a... It is not a dead world that wasn't meant to be revived. No. And maybe further to the point, maybe we should make that new world in our own image. Mm-hmm. So it's like taking what the Commonwealth is trying to do. Because Commonwealth is trying to bring things back to what, the mm-hmm. way they were. The CR is like, no, we 
get it. And we said this in other episodes, but not never so clearly because we have a clearer picture of what the TV show is trying to do. But the Civic Republic is saying, oh, no, no, we we know it's we're going to eradicate. We're going to beat this dead world and we're going to remake it in our own image, which is kind of like why I think, Rachel, you're like, no, they're not wrong. Uh, this world sucks. And the old world kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. uh, Bella Vacanza, really? Really, Yumiko? Really? <laughs> Pages stuck together? Who, who had that book prior? <laughs> who had that book beforehand? Somebody should, somebody should have a word with them. Disgusting. Oh, my God. Anyway. So Ew. Get new watch books. Our, watch, our, <laughs> watch our Walking Dead coverage. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> I just needed to get that out there because I, I thought that he he just he hit he touched on a nerve that I was like oh let's watch Leo it, does he embrace the Walking Dead like the Walking Dead philosophy I like it I love it to that point of the foothold what we are all trying to do first of all you need to do your thing Rachel you need to do your thing do you want to know what your thing is my thing what's my thing who is Dennis played by he oh fuck I re- I remembered while we were watching a- Agents of Shield I uh, yes oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he was, um, <laughs> fuck, fuck, oh my god, I, I, I remembered while we were watching, and then it, here I and, am, and then it escaped, giving Rachel the floor, I know, right, and I dropped, <laughs> dropped the ball, he was always with Brianna, they were like a tag team on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I cannot think of his name, Dennis is actually played by Maximilian Osinski, who was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and he played Agent Davis, Davis, <laughs> who, as a tangential connection, was acting alongside Brianna Venskis, who was on yes. The Walking Dead as Beatrice, Beatrice from Oceanside. From Oceanside. Yep. Interesting, lovely connection. I always liked his character, Agent Dennis. Agent I Dennis! <laughs> Agent De- did I say it right? It was, it was an Agent Dennis. <laughs> Agent right. Dave- Davis. Davis. Davis Dennis. <laughs> Agent Dennis. A- I love it. Whatever, Agent Redshirt, whatever, okay. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> he did make he it had, to the end, I think, he, right? He had some Ish. lines. Yeah, he had lines. Yeah, I, and he, I think he did relatively make it to the end, I think. Right? Yeah, he, yeah, they were both, they both made it to the final season. I like Agent Dennis better now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, maybe that's what he is, Agent Dennis on, uh, on The Walking Dead World Beyond. Ki- I mean, right? He kind of is. Let's do something very uncharacteristically on the show. <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing this. Attractive? Really? We're going there? Yeah, I, yeah, I feel like I have to go there. That the brooding loner look with the hair in his face like this, like little emo look, kind of thing going on. Per- here. Personally, not my taste. Not not unattractive, but not 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 my taste. Jasmine <laughs> <laughs> is an attractive individual. Yeah, okay. Okay. just gauging the audience, Charity. Yeah. <laughs> in the in the audience, li- don't know Sharon's in the audience. So. I more enjoyed the looks he was giving Silas in the truck. Whenever Silas would try and ask a question, and he'd shoot him a glance, that was that was my favorite part of Agent Dennis. <laughs> okay, great, great thing. Because because you're like, what is this stupid? Does he not get it? Right, right. <laughs> like, right. Don't go for the knife, you dummy. You go to prison, and you won't have a foothold. And come on, man. <laughs> I, it's a good thing that you're bringing this up because part of the raison d'etre of this guy is he just seems never-endingly bitter. He reminds me a lot of Jason Warner Smith. What's it? Why am I drawing a blank? <laughs> oh, uh, uh, Gavin. 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 From the Walking Dead. Gavin. Thank you. I kept wanting to say Garrett. I'm like, that's not right. Gavin. Yeah. Dennis reminds me a lot of Garrett. Just sort of tall in the company line. I said yeah. Garrett again. I meant Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> 
Garrett, Gavin, Dennis. Stuck on Garrett, yeah. Dennis, Davis. Right? <laughs> Jefferson, Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's who he reminded me of. No, I, that's good that you say this, because you find out at the end why it might be that he's brooding and, and just constantly pissed off and annoyed and whatnot. And it seems to be, and the kids allude to this as well. I say mm-hmm. kids. They're probably in their 20s or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I think they're supposed to be like teens, but they're probably, the actors are probably in that. Uh, agreed, yeah. agreed, yeah. Just like baby Milton. Uh, anyway, whatever. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's like 40. He's 40 playing <laughs> oh, what I, you guys I, said was, was a 25-year-old. <laughs> I just looked it up. He's actually 52. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but, but, Ra- but Rachel, I, I don't like being manipulated. <laughs> just see my subtle way. Oh, the I look on your you face can. was priceless, though. <laughs> Guys, come on. <laughs> Fifty-two. Man, I would have fe- I would have fallen for it too. <laughs> I Ma- know that ma- makeup I, is everything. <laughs> I couldn't keep I couldn't keep it up. I felt bad that I had manipulated you after our conversation. I mean, as someone who's a purveyor of truth, <laughs> oh, it doesn't yeah. apply to me. That's the CR's way. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Yeah, Dennis, yeah, Sharon explains why Dennis is bitter. It's because he hasn't gotten any sweet huckin'. Sweet, sweet huckin'. <laughs> sweet, sweet huckin'. <laughs> Huck yeah. May- maybe, right? Because the, the photo that he has in the visor is of them hugging. It seems yeah. to be they're in proto-post-military uniforms again. She was a Marine. Maybe there was a cadet uniform. I don't know. I don't know. The kids even mentioned this. like Something about a secret girl, like a, a mystery girl. That Silas has a secret yeah. girl. Uh-huh. Just in, like in Dennis. Was, right, yeah. right. Well, and then now we have to go to the song that's played in the car. <laughs> In the beginning, when we find out at the end, right? This is an Almond Brothers band. And I like how the kid in the facility goes, no turned unstoned. So that kind of fits with the Almond Brothers band. I, I like there's a little tiny, tiny thread connection to the song itself. So whatever. And they're in New York and hippy dippy country. So whatever. <laughs> so the song is called Trouble No More. So maybe Jennifer Malik was trouble for Dennis. And it seems like mm. maybe because Silas, well, the way Silas puts it to Dennis, he's like, this seems like punishment, Dennis. And then the surprising thing of Dennis going, dipshit, you're wrong. <laughs> this is this is us getting a foothold. And he's like, is it? And then he just kind of walks away. Like, <laughs> <laughs> because in a sense, Silas, is he wrong, right? Is is Dennis lying to him? It's like, oh, is this what you're supposed to say to new recruits? Or is do you really believe this? Yeah. And we're and we're left not really knowing what it is that Dennis believes. I I did a bit of, of maths, um, like, and I did some estimates, and even if they were killing like hundreds of walkers a week it would take them a very 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 long time because the population actually yeah because of the population size and everything so my maths suggested that if they wanted to clear it in 10 years they'd have to be killing at least 33,000 walkers per week oh my gosh and then you, so you and then you divide that, that by makes, seven facilities me, yeah um that's across six facilities it makes me think that it is more of a way of just like giving people something to do rather than actually having like a long-term benefit. Mm. Making which people link- feel useful, right? Which links you to what? 
to the conversation that Lila has with Hope, there are so many people out there that can't do what you do, that sit and waiting mm-hmm. for you to do the thing. It, it, this, it links so nicely to what si- the conversation between Dennis and Silas. Like, we're just trying to do a thing. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to be some part of something bigger. He also let Silas know that these other kids volunteered to be there. Like, they they asked to be there. If we, if we believe Dennis, they chose to be there. And I think it's Webb that has aspirations of being a soldier, a, a guard at that facility. I mean, uh-huh. meager, yeah. meager aspirations. But there you are. Like, they volunteer. They want to rise up in ranks. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it's like a stepping stone. Yeah. yeah. And, and like a, a tiny stepping stone. Like, they're happy to get whatever they can do to bring about this future. So how does this make you feel? That's all I care about after the, after hearing all this. Because, yes, we do get a little bit insight into the philosophy. The All of us are children, uncles, aunts, fathers, whatever. We're all doing this for everybody, not just our individual families. But how does this make you feel that they have, that they just want to be a part of the thing? We come into the series with the knowledge that these guys, they're shitty. They're just shitty. They do shitty things to people. And if they see you, they kill you. And then you hear all this. We probably won't ever get to see any portion of Silas's interrogation with the CRM, what what they did or what they asked or any of that. All we know is what Elizabeth talked about. And she said that Silas was stonewalling. He's not giving anything up. So, And then all of a sudden we see him being transported to this body removal site. Why wouldn't they kill him? Why is Silas, I mean, I'm, I'm thankful, I'm so happy he's still around, but why is he here? Okay, so this brings me back to the Commonwealth. Do you remember <laughs> what we had said about the reprocessing facility? Which I'm admitting, we were most likely wrong. We were wrong. I thought there were a bunch of actors and they're trying to get intel. Like, honey, it's been nine months. You know, that oh, whole thing. Oh, uh-huh. right? yeah, 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 yeah. The, the you, interrogation room. You believe room there where the- is a re- reprocessing now. Because, I mean, it makes sense now. After we've seen what we've seen, we're like, oh, they need to, because the ferals and really the state of the world that we weren't even aware of, right? Yeah. And so they're trying to turn them into doughy pieces of compliant shit, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why I say say all this funny shit is because, okay, if he's not stonewalling, well, okay, these kids volunteered to do a job, but maybe a simultaneous job is to have these... No useful data goes to waste. So just like... Whatever. Yeah. Just like just like Lila is dropping nuggets to Kublik, just by way of Dennis, these kids could just as easily go, hey, we're kids too. Let's talk about our things. What I love about that simultaneous conversation, which, which let's agree, is that possible? Like maybe they can get intel indirectly from these kids. What kind of intel could they have? Okay, let's throw the scenario out there. Oh, we're having conversations with Silas. Oh, oh. Dennis goes, hey, uh, Webb, uh, what'd you guys talk about today? Oh, you know, Silas was just telling me about blah, blah, blah. Oh, that sounds interesting. Let me okay. report that. Information from Silas specifically, not <laughs> yeah. nothing to do with the job they're doing. Oh, no, 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 okay, no. Okay. It's a no, good yeah. soft way of getting intel, right? Yes, yeah. Put Silas with a group of kids that make him feel comfortable. He opens up. Yes, totally on board. Yes. Okay. Yes. So then we go to Silas in the beginning of the episode, checking his wound, bandaged wound. Reminding us. Ep- reminding himself of what he, why he's out here. And the audience that Elton and Percy are still out there. Yeah, yeah, obviously the audience, but then, yeah. I, then I, what you said, it got me thinking like, oh, that's why he's doing that. He's trying to remember why he's there. I'm a distraction so that Percy and Elton can do whatever they need to do to get further in, just like Iris to get further in, Felix. I'm yeah. I'm the fall guy. You know, I need to be here and I just need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> and maybe we'll see Silas 
himself because our psychological profile of Silas is that, <laughs> you know, he is a person who was almost valueless, needed a family, who uh, may even find a family with these people. I, this is a guy that's desperate to, I, I see a vacuum and, and, a, and, a, and a need to kind of be with other people and to have this found family in light of the fact that his family rejected him in various degrees of rejection, right? Maybe except for his uncle and his grandparents, which are kind of cute. I love that. I still love that line. I keep thinking back to that scene. It's a philosophy of mine now. But anyways, besides that. So this could be a potential like uh, quagmire of conflict for, for Silas. Like, like he likes these kids, maybe. He might end up liking these kids. But at the same time, he has to keep going like with like, it's like that rubber band around your wrist for mm. to remind yourself of your addiction, kind of mm. like for mm-hmm. smokers. Interesting thing to watch. But there's there's something that happens. The the dead the dead one that uh, Dennis is delivering to the research the, facility the RF, yeah. has happens to be one of these tracked walkers that have the, yep. all the data collection things in the back. You see it in the beginning and you see it at the end again. Little bookmark, right? Yeah. And it looked gross. It looked like all but the head looked all but like uh, a skull almost, right? That, did you see what I saw in the... The one in the back in of the, the truck or the one in the video? Not in the video. I meant in the salvage facility. I'm going to call it the salvage facility. I don't know what the hell it's called. The Disp- Walker Disposal Facility. The- okay, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you look Sorry. at it in the shadows, the head looked all but decomposed completely, now- like a bone... Is that is that what what they're calling a BO4? Yeah. Okay, that was what Sharon D and I had kind of we we I wrote down all these things that the that the kids said and I'm like, "What in the?" And then we were trying to figure out why there was a walker chained up in there and we're like, "Well, it's not like it's not for security. Like he what's a chained up walker going to protect, you know?" And then he's like, "Oh yeah, we found a BO4 with a dead battery." I'm like, "It's got And then Sharon D and I both were like, "It's got to be that walker that we saw in the unit in there." Yeah. Yeah, it's like tagging a bear and releasing it to the wild and then yeah. tracking it, right? Yeah, so, exactly. And so it happened upon this facility so they can track migration patterns. Oh, wait, kind of like the first season, which was which Dr. Bavilar was doing with the, the spray paint. Oh, the yeah. Orange, nice little callback. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. They do science I forgot about Dr. Bavilar. <laughs> and one thing to note is uh put him in put him in stage two that's what that that's what he said we oh i found a bo4 dead battery put him in stage two put him in two yeah or uh, sorry it, he didn't say stage two i put stage in there because then later on he says immediately after that just finishing up the stage sixers yeah meaning stage six is like like final i think like almost I'm, I'm said yeah, like practically unusable, right? Like, or maybe stages of composition, right? Oh well, yeah. I, I I say this because the the number on Lila's badge is also like N six or six connection. I have no hmm. idea. Maybe that's levels. I, she deals in stage sixes, or I, I I don't know. Just thought it was a nice little thing to kind of connect. I don't mm. know what it means. Maybe you guys do. Who knows? No, I don't yet. But worth worth noting in the back of my head and look for it later. Mm-hmm. Now I if we're if we're equating the numbers with the levels of decomposition six would be pretty high right Mm -hmm. personally it didn't look like dr abbott was too terribly decomposed so i don't know if i would if i could agree that 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 it's that type of connection but there might definitely be something connecting the number six maybe i have no idea yeah i I don't know why paying attention to though that, that's why, like I said out front, I, I don't know what that means. I just thought it, this is like, but it's maybe there. there's a connection there. Yeah. But it's there, and we know that they don't do anything that's not on purpose. So it, it's worth mm. paying attention to. Absolutely. Yeah. Good catch. BO4. Good catch, I also, David. I also think I also think BO4 is the unit name. Like, it's a BO4. It's being tracked, you know. I also BO4. like the idea. Oh. I also like the idea that it's, it's like B4. B-O. Like, like, that kind of sounds like. a play like... on words? Because the <laughs> captions are like B, the letter B, O, O, H. Yeah. And then four spelled out, right? 
Okay, I, I my captions did the same thing. It wasn't O as in zero. It was O like O. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, as is in, that wrong? Oh, yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. I don't know. And what does B O stand for, if if anything else? So body odor. <laughs> <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> I really couldn't think of it. Low hanging fruit. Sorry. Biometric bi- bioorganism four. Yeah. Ding. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Right. I don't know. This is that was my best effort, people. That's that's all I got. That's all I got, people. I need mean, on the spot like that. <laughs> I hope we learn more I, from. I these. feel like bioorganism is one word. Yeah. Yes, I How about told you that's biometric? all I got. It wasn't good enough. I know that. Okay. Biometric organizer. <laughs> I don't know. Bio, biodegradable organism. Ooh. <laughs> We, we figured it out together. I'll, I'll share the credit <laughs> on the research paper. Thank you very much. <laughs> we all get the same A. Participation trophies for everybody. That's right. <laughs> when Kublik was talking to Leo, he says, my family is the most important thing in the world. And Kublik says, yeah, that's what you said in your messages to them that we intercepted. <laughs> and that made me think of Virginia telling John, mm. yeah, that's what you said. I've read all your letters. Cameron made sure I that's did. And I just thought that was a, <laughs> a fun little a little thing there. Uh, what? Okay, so, uh, well, what do you think of that cool little parallel? Okay, fine, yep, cool. Yep, Anything like you want to add to that before I say something? <laughs> uh, I think it's pretty pretty clear, you know, implying okay. Elizabeth's the villain here. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to add one more thing that occurred to me, because we saw this in the first episode. Again, soft, soft episode, kind of ramping things up, but there was a thing that, that Hope did. She had the book that she used, the geology book, to place all the communications in, mm-hmm. right? Because she, she would cut them out and put them in the biology, to put them in a safe place, because obviously nobody reads geology books. <laughs> Who in their right mind would? Okay, fine. But then I thought to myself, code books. Maybe there's code in Leo's messages that nobody is aware of. And then we, we keep talking about pattern recognizing and, and, and all that stuff. Leo may be playing a game with the girls, like eventually they'll figure out what's going on. Maybe I'm gathering intel on what's going on. Maybe I'm giving him hints to, to like a cure or whatever. Because Elizabeth is lo- just looking at the deception part of it, right? Mm-hmm. You did this thing that you shouldn't have done, but we're going to let you do it. It's kind of like why I was saying the perimeter is a buffer. It's a means to allow the scientists to research without the interference or this pervasive nature of security, right? So let them, let them be free to, to create. But then we bring guys like Mason into the picture, who, let's talk about that just for a second. I said Mason dot 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 Belshaw question mark. Did you think that as well? Because she... Like an actual relation to Lila, or he is taking on this a similar role as Lila, because that's what I was picking up. He was uh, sent there to distract Hope. It wouldn't be unusual for it to be like maybe her son. It absolutely could be. But I think more than that, he was sent there to distract Hope the same way Lila was sent to distract Leo. Uh, and Jasmine just said in the chat for some reason. <laughs> you're you're here. You're right <laughs> said, there. I didn't want to interrupt. No, no, no. Nah, Please interrupt. interrupt. We're we're very interrupty people. <laughs> uh, but you, you you said definitely not me. I, I I don't have a geology book. What are you majoring in uni right now? Uh, medical science. Okay. Cool. There you go. This is this is how I'm figuring you out. It's like now I'm doing a psychological profile on Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to the actual book and and all that, and then Mason. Right, code book, fine, cool. It's possible. We we'll never know. We I thought we might have touched on that a little bit. Like, oh, what does this mean? What does that mean? What is what is exactly what he's saying mean? Like, is it is it innocuous? Is he just checking up on them? I don't know. Maybe. Well, it's for another day. But uh, mm. Mason, yeah, because he knows 
who this person is. It seems like when Hope is walking out into the courtyard, it's like, oh, is that her? Is that you hear? Everybody knows who she is, yeah. And Sharon will say this in just a second as well. But yeah, Mason knows who he is. But it may be that we we are allowing these people to, to work, but we have people embedded to make sure that we know all that's going on and we need to intercept communications. That's why what Sharon saying is kind of like, oh, it's no accident that this is a parallel. They're not letting these people be free thinkers. This isn't that kind of upstate New York people. Hippy, dippy, Woodstock, whatever. <laughs> Get a life. What is a B04 <laughs> or a stage sixer? Yeah. I don't know, but I'm guessing that the B has to do with A and B, partially because we see Dr. Abbott at the end there, and he is the test subject A. Okay, so what she's saying directly refutes what we... TSA402. A. Right. So is a B, is that Rick is a B? Is he mm-hmm. a dead one that they put out in the wild? Is Because that's what Sharon is saying. She's saying Rick is dead. <laughs> Let's all cancel Sharon D. <laughs> no, but is there something to say about that? Because, I mean, it's not unusual to think that. I'm wondering if the BO4 refers to the walker or the machine that's attached to the walker. I think it's the machine. Yeah. But then machine, walker, why wouldn't you call it that? Which I want to just drop this one thing. I love that Will calls walkers dum-dums. Dum-dums. Yes, I wrote that down too. I love it. I love writing down every new word for a zombie that's not zombie. <laughs> and Leo calls them dead ones. Uh-huh. Very, very clinical. I, I, I'm I, partial to dum-dums because my uncle calls everybody a dum-dum. And so I love my uncle. Yeah, I know. It's, it's <laughs> No, not at all. That's sweet. That's sweet. Yeah. All right, let's, let's move on. But we're in agreement that Charity's wrong, right? I hope so. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's, uh, I hope, well, I hope I, she's, I hope she's wrong. I'm not going to say she's wrong, but I will say I hope Rick's not dead. Sin gives hope the mop. It just made me <laughs> also a little callback to fear because, you know, that's where my mind works. It made me think of Alicia and Morgan in the closet at the truck stop where Morgan gets the mop. And then later on, Alicia's like, oh, I see you fixed the mop. Yeah. Just, anyway, I know it doesn't mean anything, but it was just funny. Hope coming out of the building and hearing everybody talk about her kind of reminded me of Silas mm. in season one when he's walking down the hallway in the school after his tape stops playing and he can hear everybody talking about him. And Hope and Silas kind of parallel each other a little bit in this episode while Hope is learning about what they want to do to end the walkers silas is actually doing the physical part of ending the walkers i just thought that was kind of cool anyway that's all i got hope you guys have a great show love you bye love you yeah i love you too so i i like that little parallel but this is exactly what i was saying but this this is why lila is in the middle silas is on the right or whatever wherever you want to put them but they're on the the hope and and Silas on the extremes, Lala is in the middle explaining, there are people out there that are just trying to do whatever to bring about the future. They need to know that they're part of the solution. So that we give them the thing to do, and which is why it seems like Dennis is out there for punishment purposes. He looks like he was a mechanic. Mechanic seems to be a valuable position. I fix things that are broken. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, I don't disregard what he says. I fix things that are broken. I don't disregard that. I like that that thought. Mm. Like, where are we going to see that next, right? Is, is Huck broken? Does she need some fixing? <laughs> Find out next week in <laughs> Jennifer Malik's vagina. Oh my god! I just want to note that the Almond Brothers band 
song Trouble No More sounds like, and you, it's odd that you hear this at the beginning of the episode. I'm not going to go through the song. I'm just saying it right now. I, I promise you. She's like, Everyone listen oh, to it. Oh, he's going to go through the song. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, just listen to it because it's odd that you, you hear this in the beginning of the song because when you get to the end, you realize Huck is obviously involved with him in some capacity, maybe the trouble, maybe Middletown, New York, whatever. All I'm saying is you hear, you find out at the end, yeah, you have to go back to the beginning and watch the whole episode all over again so you can figure out that this song is all about, girl, you trouble. Girl, you trouble. Oh, you been you gonna be kind to me now? Oh, now you gotta go. Okay, listen to the song. Maybe, to the maybe he was in trouble without her, and now that she's back, his trouble is over. And it could be both. I mean, to be honest with you, because yeah. maybe when she's around, she's trouble. Maybe it's gone. My heart is in trouble. And I think that's what the song's all about. Yeah. When you hear your trouble, when you're gone, it's trouble. I, like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yep. Right. Yep. Which it's and this is something we need to touch on because I know we forgot to talk about it. Perimeter. Kublik comes in. They almost have a scare. Yeah. I always tells the whatever. I like that conversation because we get to know a little bit more about oh. Jennifer Malik. Maybe more of a connection to Middletown, New York. Maybe that that these people are the people she she yeah. saved. But they know about her clearly. <clears throat> so there was a there was a a very very quick and brief moment um, when Elizabeth expl- is explaining, oh yes, my daughter was gone for two years and she just came back. Where Felix sort of snaps to Iris, like he's making the connection that Huck is actually Elizabeth's daughter. Is that mm-hmm. is Sharon and Iris I kind is- of talked about that and we're and we were both on the same page that that was him making that connection and Iris was just like, yeah, I already know. Like bitch, no, you didn't. Fucking. I thought it, I thought it was more the opposite. I thought Iris is kind of looking up to Felix, going, "Yeah, yeah, I know," because we had this conversation at Campus Con. Oh, I'm putting the Felix catch on. But she catch didn't know on, it was Felix. Huck. Oh, she knows it was Huck. No, she, she didn't. Knows. No, she didn't. She, she no, the she whole didn't. time. She no, she didn't. Bullshit. Bullshit. Rach, Rach, you're gonna, you're gonna end up like you're gonna end up liking her no matter what. Yeah, oh, that'll be a day. <laughs> And with that, everybody, if you like what you heard, head over to ratethispodcast.com slash squawking dead and like Iris Bennett. <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to. No, you're going to. You have to rate you, us, you, but you don't you, have to you, like Iris. You will. You will eventually. You you will like Iris. And if, you know, five star neck plan is all you need to know if that you like us. And please try to rate us after every episode. It helps others know that we're worth listening to. But it's also a great way to communicate with us. Let us know everything we got wrong, especially about liking Iris. <laughs> if you want to know what's going on behind the scenes, you want to know when we record so you can join in the chat. You want to, I don't know, you want to download this episode unedited. Head over to ko-fi.com and create an account and follow us on ko-fi.com slash squawking dead you don't have to tip us you don't have to join a tier membership although it might be a good idea too if it's only a dollar a month to get all this stuff now we Come say on. this because it's a signal to let us know that we're on to something yeah a dollar a month might not mean so much to you and you could throw that easily away but it's it's a signal to us that you that we're doing something right and i encourage you to do so it, it at least lets you in on that other half of the coin lets you in into the cr that is squawking dead okay <laughs> and uh with that everybody thank Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Jasmine, for your inaugural yes! Survivors here hosting. We're going to embarrass you every single episode. Many more to come, hopefully. That was really, really cool. Yay. And oh, and you, Cosmo, Rachel. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Oh, here. yeah, uh, I'm here. It's not as if, it's not as if you're you're like the, the best person in the world. <laughs> My, my favorite hey, person I'm here on this it's not as if you're like the favorite person <laughs> everybody loves you way more than they love me. oh whatever <laughs> oh my god that is not even close to true <laughs> thank you for listening and we'll see yeah. you in the next one yep bye bye <laughs> say bye Jasmine <laughs> <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs>
Thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode. You have just witnessed a episode hosted by me, David Cameo, and Cosmom09, Rachel Burt, plus our Survivors tier member, Jasmine, at jasmine.iac on Instagram, whom helped support this web episode as well with other Survivors tier members like, well, let's just mention her again, at jasmine.iac on Instagram, at Whispers UK on Instagram, as well as you've seen her before at Eliza Jones 71 on Instagram. But this episode has also been brought to you by our Whispers tier members at Aiden the Raven on Twitter, at Judith.Morton on Instagram, and at Snick3 on Instagram and Twitter. But let's not forget at FanArtLindy on Instagram, and you can reach her Kofi page at ko-fi.com slash fanartlindy uh, I hope you really enjoyed this episode it was a lot a lot of laughter had by all a lot of it was cut out because you know that's how we roll yeah, try not to waste too much time laughing and move on to other big points but we hope to see you in the next episode and I hope you're participating in the spooky squawktober cosplay contest uh, you have until uh, was it midnight Midnight Pacific Time, uh, Monday, Midnight Pacific Time. That's 3 a.m. Uh, on the East Coast of the U.S. So, yes, cosplayers in the TWU realm, please, please submit your cosplays. You have a chance at winning a signed copy of Negan Liz by Jeffrey Dean Morgan himself, Negan, as well as a $25 gift card to Michael's to buy all your cosplay accoutrement. But if you are from another country besides the U.S. that does not have a Michaels, we will figure it out in a $25 equivalent. But uh, second place winner will also will actually win a illustration by none other than Walker Wynn. It is a Walking Dead World Beyond uh, poster. It is actually my favorite of Walker Wynn's uh, posters because it's probably her most colorful. It's very brilliantly designed. It really captures the essence of the series. But either way, for both winners, you will get to you will get to take home one item from the Squawking Dead merch store, any item of your choice. With that, everybody, I will see you in the next one. I will see you soon. And if you like what you heard, obviously, you can rate us at ratethispodcast.com slash squawking dead. Five stars and eggplant is all we need to know that you love us. But if you want to follow our journey further, head over to ko-fi.com slash squawking dead and follow us there. You don't have to tip us. You don't have to buy us a coffee. You don't have to join a membership tier. Just follow us. When we do something cool, that's when you jump in. You can either join a monthly tier for as little as a dollar or just tip us and get 30 days of support about content. I can't wait to talk to you guys soon. You mean the world to us. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>